0: Hello, my name is Ann Johnson. I am the lead pastor of New Legacy Linden, a home church located in Linden, Washington. When I started this week and I was preparing for this week's sermon, I really just thought that we would continue through our search and find series as we walk through the book of Matthew I would focus and study and prepare a sermon on Matthew 17 verses 1 through 13 on the transfiguration of Jesus. And as I study and I prayed and I began to write, I realized that I couldn't. I couldn't force a sermon on this scripture when my heart was weighed so heavily with the things that is happening in our nation. And so this week, I want to talk about my heart as a pastor of our church when it comes to racism. Racism is sin. If anybody wondered where we as a church stands on racism, it is that racism is sin. It is not something that is acceptable in the body of Christ. The definition of racism is prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. And I know this is such an uncomfortable topic. And if your gut reaction is, no, I'm not going to listen to this, Then I implore you, if you go to New Legacy Linen and this is your home church, I implore you to listen. Perhaps your heart and your mind is heavy with a constant social media exposure, especially in a time of the pandemic. Maybe your Facebook feed is filled with raging comments from all sides Of the conversation. Maybe this conversation about race, racism, and racial reconciliation is uncomfortable because you just don't know what to say and you're afraid you will say the wrong thing. Can I tell you that that has been my thoughts all day long as I wrote this message and I share my heart and I? I really walked through the things that I was feeling. I just don't want to say the wrong thing. So I stayed in prayer and worship, talked to my closest friends, sharing my heart. And I realized that fear of saying the wrong thing often keeps us silent. but I will not be silent in condemning racism. Because like you, I too am weary. I'm also tired. But I often recognize in my weariness and my tiredness that it is nothing compared to what the black community has gone through with this repeated trauma of seeing black people murdered the repeated trauma of seeing their community treated in such a deplorable way having to declare that their lives matter to be met with the counter argument that all lives matter i believe Jude, i believe that pastor judah smith from church home says it best when he says that all lives cannot matter until black lives matter. The cry out from our black brothers and sisters from the black community that black lives matter is not saying that other lives don't matter. It is to shed light and bring, bring in and begin that conversation To share with the world their experiences and stories of how black lives are dispensable in our nation. That we are still living in a time where slavery does not exist, where Jim Crow laws do not exist. But as there is a deep undercurrent, deep structure within our system that is deeply broken... And some would say it's not broken because it's functioning exactly the way it was meant to, which was to oppress an entire group of people. The cry out for Black Lives Matter is not to dismiss other lies. It is for us to stop, listen and show empathy and compassion towards a community that is deeply hurting. And as a church, it is our call to respond. I think of the scripture, Isaiah 1, verse 17. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of the orphans. Fight for the rights of the widow. In the Amplified Translation, the one I just read was New Living Translation, but in the Amplified Translation, it says, learn to do right, seek justice, relieve the oppressed and correct the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow And as I even began to wade through my heart and root out the sin of bias in my own heart. I want to be someone who seeks justice. Relieves the weight from the oppressed and correct the oppressor. I want to learn to do what is right and that is my heart as a pastor of our church. To first do it in my own life. And model it for the body. We are seeing a community crying out for justice. They're crying out for justice with what happened with George Floyd. They cried out for justice for what happened with Ahmaud Arbery. They cried out for justice with what happened with Breonna Taylor. They cried out for justice with Trayvon Martin. They cried out for justice with Mike Brown. They cried out for justice. And it is important as a church that we slow down, listen, listen, acknowledge, and come alongside to relieve the burden of the oppressed to do what is right. To be perfectly honest, I was very uncomfortable teaching on this. I kept thinking, what if I say the wrong thing? I kept thinking, I don't know enough. I'm not an expert I kept thinking I'm still working this through and as I journey through this, talking through it, processing it, I realize it it is uncovering years upon years of stories in my own life where where I experienced racism and I just buried it. And I did not defend myself. I did not use my voice. I did not speak up against microaggressive and very aggressive racist remarks made towards me as an Asian woman. But now I want to speak up. In Ephesians four fifteen, instead we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church, that even if I feel uncomfortable in speaking the truth in what we know to the very core of our being, that racism is sin, that the belief that one's race is more superior than another is pride, and that is sin, to believe in the oppression and the continual trauma and hurting of another race, because one believes that they are inferior, is wrong. It is sin. And I will speak this truth as a pastor of this church. And I will speak it in love. Because you see, I don't think I can love you well as your pastor unless I am first willing to be an example of how to be bold and speak against clear injustice. I will never know what it's like to be black in America, but I want to be the type of person that asks my friends and research and read books, honestly, before I ask my friends, because when I talk to my black friends, they are weary, they are tired too. But I want to keep learning, and if I want to love you well as your pastor, I own that responsibility that I first also must be the example. You see, I don't think I can be an example to you in our community of what it means to speak truth in love, unless I'm willing to speak the truth that racism is sin, that it, we are called to relieve the burden of the oppressed, to seek justice, to do right. And there's no way that racism can be justified as right, especially in the church. And I say these things speaking the truth in, with love, with the prayers and hope that we will all become more and more like Christ. You see, I have two girls. You know them if you go to our home church. You know this if you follow me on social media. I have these two beautiful tiny typhoons. And when I talk to them about what's happening in the world, when we read them books, like the case for the lovings where it talks about the terrible trials that the loving family went through for just being in mixed race being in a mixed race marriage when i talk to my kids about rosa parks and martin luther king jr my children cannot fathom how it is possible to hate someone else purely based on the color of their skin. And I feel at a loss for words as I try to explain to my kids something that I even struggle to understand, which is how is it possible to think that someone is inferior purely based on the color of their skin? Because you know what? In Genesis verses 1 through 26, it is very clear. that it says, then God said, And this is the creation narrative. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and small animals that scurry along the ground. The thing that stands out to me. And the thing that I wholeheartedly believe, the thing that I believe that we need to keep in mind in the conversation of racism is God saying, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. I found this definition from the Lexham Survey of Theology. It says the image of God is the special status that all have as those made to reflect our creator's character and commissioned to carry out his purpose into the world. You see, when there are deaths in every community, but now the death in the black community, and there is no justice for them. We fail to remember that that individual was created in the image of God with the special status of being made to reflect the creator's image. But they were not just made to reflect the creator's image. They were also made with a purpose. And in the whirlwind of social media posts, in the whirlwind of media cycles, in the whirlwind... Of everything that we are bombarded with, it is easy to forget that every individual, every human being was made in the image of God. To have a special status that all those who are made in the image of God was made to reflect his character as well as commissioned to carry out his purpose. So, how is it possible to think another human being that was created in the image of God, reflecting the character of God, commissioned with a purpose to carry out kingdom on the earth? How can that person be considered less and treated less than because of the color of their skin? You see, the thing about privilege, the thing about freedoms, the thing about safety is that if you give someone else Equal privileges, equal levels of safety, equal levels of freedom. It doesn't mean you have less. It just means that you intentionally elevated an entire community to thrive. Because that community, every individual in it, just like you and me, us, we, created in the image of God. To reflect his character and to be commissioned to carry out his purposes. And the thing about when individuals are made in the image of God, we also have to remember that it is individual believers who make up the church. And what grieves me so deeply in this conversation about race and racism, racial reconciliation. It's the division even within the body of believers regarding racism as sin. I've been doing my best to learn more and more from incredible voices in the black community on racism, on church community, on how Christians should be growing in our understanding and knowledge of the struggle. So I've been listening to an audiobook by Pastor Eric Mays called Woke Church. And I barely got through the cu- first couple of chapters where he said something that has stuck with me. And he says the church should be a clear, viable hope. And I'm not talking lower C local church. I'm talking about capital C, the church. The body of believers should be a clear, viable hope. And my question is, are we? Is it clear to the world of brokenness and despair that the church is the light? Is it clear to those hurting and broken and mourning and weeping and lamenting that the church is a clear, viable hope? You see, the church is meant to be a prophetic voice in communities. The church was always meant to set the tone and set the pace. In conversations as important as this, the world should look to the church as an example on how well people should be loved, cared for, and nurtured. The world should look at the church to see how we set the example of how men and women co labor together. The world should look at the church to see how we care for orphans and widows. The church is meant to be the prophetic voice in communities. And we must ask, are we? Even in the midst of this pandemic and for a season, churches being deemed non-essential, now churches in some places are being deemed essential, I read something that has stuck out with me, that the church is so busy getting back to the buildings when we should be out in the streets. That in our neighborhoods, we should be shining so brightly. In our workplaces, people should know that they can ask us and talk to us and we would pray with them and love them and journey with them in their life, not judge them and shame them. Pastor Eric said it perfectly that the church should be a clear, viable hope. So we must ask, are we? My prayer for us as a church, as a community, as a nation, very much rests on, Lord, help us. Oh, help us, Lord. Help us see each other the way you see us. Help us love each other the way you love us. Forgive us of our sins and help us see the sins in our own heart. Fill us with the boldness to speak against injustice, to alleviate the burden of the oppressed. Give us hearts that are willing to be inconvenienced for the sake of others. And it's important for me to share and end with what I like to call my so what. So what, on? Okay, racism is is sin. Okay, I agree with you. So what? I came up with some things I want us to marinate on, on what to do now. In my conversations with my black brothers and sisters, in reading and listening, and learning more, and I have a ways to go. I hear a common thread of the importance of simply acknowledging that this sin is so deeply embedded into the very fabric of our culture, to acknowledge the hurt and the pain and the trauma that the Black community is going through, do not dismiss the pain because you might not understand it, because we not, might not understand it. And it is important in growing here to understand that there's a possibility that there might even be hidden biases in your own heart, in our hearts. And we listen. Listen. Listen to the stories and the experiences of the people, of people of color, the stories and experiences of the black community. Listen to the things that will make you uncomfortable because it shines a light into the darkness of maybe things you do not want to even see within your own heart because you are not racist. But I urge you to first acknowledge and then listen. And then speak up and step in. Speak up and step in. Speak up against injustice, microaggressions. You step in and defend someone you see. Like you would step in to defend your brother or your sister. And more importantly, pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the things in your heart that do not honor God. Assume a posture of humility and repent. And pray for the revival of the church so that it can become the prophetic voice in communities, that it can become the viable, clear hope, that it can become what it was always meant to be because you, me, us... We, the church, meant to be voices of hope, people of peace and light in the darkness. And right now, there is no shortage of darkness. There's no shortage of ignorance and hatred. And we are to shine bright. We are to be voices of hope, people of peace and light in the dark. This week, these months, have felt so draining as I explore my own story and experiences of racism, but has also felt wildly, wildly difficult, the more I'm willing to stop talking and start listening to the voices in the black community that is crying out for justice. And their calling out for justice is awakening something deep within our spirit that we must respond because we must learn to do good. We must seek justice. We must help the oppressed. We must defend the cause of the orphans. And we must fight for the rights of the widow. I know that I have a lot to learn and I am willing to do the work to learn and to lead our church. I first must be willing to acknowledge that. I love you. It is an honor to be your pastor. It is an honor to be able to be human with you and share with you and grow with you. I cannot wait to see you in person. And let me end in a prayer. Dear God, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We cry out to you to help us, to help us see each other the way you see us, to help us love each other the way you love us. Fill us with boldness to speak against injustice and to lift the burden of the oppressed. Give us hearts willing to be inconvenienced for the sake of others. And Lord, help us see the sins in our own hearts and forgive us of these sins as we strive to continue to be more and more like you. Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen.